It's Thursday, April the 29th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Biden makes the case for new spending and Giuliani's home searched. First, the world in brief. In a speech to mark his first 100 days in office, President Joe Biden told a joint session of Congress that, quote, America is on the move again. The Democrat touted his American Families Plan, a revamp of America's social safety net worth $1.8 trillion. The plan, to be financed with a capital gains tax increase, will include free community college and paid family leave. Mr. Biden cast his program as the argument against those who would take the Capitol riot, quote, as proof that the sun is setting on American democracy. America's FBI searched the apartment of Rudy Giuliani, the one-time personal lawyer of former President Donald Trump, according to the New York Times. The search is part of an investigation into Mr. Giuliani's alleged lobbying on behalf of Ukrainian citizens who were helping to gather compromising information on Mr. Trump's political opponents, including then-candidate Joe Biden. Apple and Facebook both reported whizzy profits. Locked down consumers in the West and Chinese with a yen for 5G iPhones pushed Apple's to $23.6 billion in the first quarter of 2021, up from $11.3 billion last year. Strong ad sales at Facebook made the firm $9.5 billion in the same period, though it admitted that a new privacy feature launched this week by Apple could harm its business. The European Union fined Bank of America, Credit Suisse and Credit Agricole 28.5 million euros, 34.4 million dollars between them, for illegally coordinating prices when trading government bonds. Deutsche Bank was also involved in the scheme, but escaped a penalty after blowing the whistle on the others. Credit Suisse said it would challenge the fine in court. Myanmar's national unity government, including politicians deposed in the military coup in February, ruled out, quote, constructive dialogue until all political prisoners are released. It also criticised the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, a 10-country bloc, for engaging with the junta rather than the NUG. Meanwhile, Myanmar's military rulers filed several charges, including murder and treason, against Wai Mo Nang, a prominent activist. Germany's domestic intelligence agency placed the Querdenken movement and other anti-lockdown activists under surveillance for suspected, quote, delegitimization of the state. The service claims that agitators were trying to exploit lawful protests to, quote, provoke an escalation. Last month, it put a similar surveillance order, later suspended by a court in Cologne on the AFD, a leading far-right party. The French government condemned an open letter written by current and former service personnel warning of a, quote, civil war bred by religious extremism. The letter, published in a right-wing magazine on the anniversary of a failed military coup in 1961, received around 1,000 signatures. The Minister of the Armed Forces, Florence Parly, said active duty signatories would be punished for ignoring their obligation to remain politically neutral. And fact of the day... Labor shortages are becoming such a problem in America that a branch of McDonald's is paying potential burger flippers $50 just to turn up for a job interview. And now, here's today's agenda. Take the A-Train, America's GDP. 
Following the unprecedented economic shock of a year ago, the world's largest economy is getting back on track. Official figures published today are expected to show that GDP grew by about 6% in the first quarter in annualized terms, an acceleration from 4% in the fourth quarter of last year. Growth that fast would mean America's economic output has almost recovered to its level before the pandemic struck. That would be an astonishingly rapid recovery. For that, thank a succession of huge stimulus programs which have put spending money in many pockets, and the Federal Reserve yesterday confirmed it will be keeping interest rates near zero. Before long, America's GDP will be even higher than it was in late 2019, a succession of, quote, high-frequency economic indicators on mobility and spending, which are published after a shorter lag than official numbers, suggest that as restrictions are lifted, the locomotive of the American economy is steaming ahead. Reap what is sown. India counts votes, too. Until two weeks ago, when the true horror of India's COVID-19 situation became clear, the year's big story was the contest for West Bengal's state assembly. With 200,000 reported dead, doubtless an undercount, and a third of a million new cases every day, Indians' gaze has shifted. But Bengalis keep voting. The last 8.5 million are eligible to cast ballots today, with results tallied on Sunday. West Bengal's population of 100 million hardly explains Narendra Modi's obsession with its leadership. The incumbent supremo, Mamata Banerjee, has been a thorn in the Prime Minister's side like no one else in the scattered opposition. A protracted election in eight phases was thought to favour Mr Modi's party. His inner circle campaigned full-time, even as the new crisis took shape. Rallies were enormous and largely unmasked. Whether or not Mr Modi manages to win West Bengal, the folly of his single-minded politicking is plain from the escalating crisis. Grudging Approval – The Brexit Trade Deal After some delay, the European Parliament has overwhelmingly approved the EU-UK Trade and Cooperation Agreement negotiated last December. Britain's Parliament ratified the deal swiftly, but MEPs wanted time to examine the text's almost 1,500 pages. Eventually, they backed the deal as better than nothing, while still calling Brexit a, quote, historic mistake. Yet MEPs made clear that they did not trust Boris Johnson's government to strictly apply the agreement. Little wonder. Under the Northern Ireland Protocol attached to the deal, Great Britain left the EU's single market and customs union, but Northern Ireland remains, in effect, in both. That necessitates border controls in the Irish Sea. But after complaints from the province, Britain unilaterally extended the grace period before checks are applied, triggering an EU lawsuit. With the deal ratified, MEPs expressed hopes that the two parties could now foster closer relations. But judging from much recent acrimony, that too will be subject to delay. Imitation Game – Hong Kong's Immigration Law with each passing day, China's quest to turn Hong Kong into a mainland city like any other edges closer to completion. Last year, it imposed a draconian national security law on the territory. But in the eyes of the Chinese Communist Party, the job is still not finished. Yesterday, Hong Kong's legislature, which no longer includes any pro-democracy lawmakers, passed an amendment to the city's immigration procedure granting the authorities unlimited powers to control who enters and leaves Hong Kong.
The government promises that the law, effective from August 1st, would be applied to inbound flights only to stop illegal immigrants. But that is no more than a promise, not legislation. Critics worry that exit bans, like the one the CCP has imposed on an estimated 24 Americans in China in the past three years, could be imposed on people in Hong Kong. China's fabled two systems are looking ever more like one. A new chapter, the NFL Draft Today, the life of Trevor Lawrence, a 21-year-old quarterback, will change forever. Mr. Lawrence is among the most exciting American football players of his generation and will be the first pick in this season's National Football League draft. The draft is an annual jamboree that allocates talent from college football to the NFL's 32 teams. To prevent clubs from becoming dominant, teams pick players in reverse order to where they finished in the league table in the previous season. This year's lucky losers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, will choose first. Teams battle against the clock for seven rounds over three days until up to 259 prospects have been snapped up. Draft strategies are extremely sophisticated. Teams scout players for months, testing their mental and physical health, as well as learning about their family lives and academic performance. Only those such as Mr. Lawrence, who tick all the boxes, get picked. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Ludwig Wittgenstein, who died on this day in 1951. It is one of the chief skills of the philosopher not to occupy himself with questions which do not concern him. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.